Hey, this is Julian Allen, live from uh, La Jolla, California, and uh, this is the High Low Podcast Show. Hi, guys. Thanks for doing this. We're here at uh, La Jolla. We're on a Zell's tour. I'm here with Julian Allen, Ross Cullen, two British uh, older racer, mid-school. Are you old school or mid-school? Uh, 84, mid-old school. Uh, current school as well, though. You still yeah, race? Well, yeah, yeah. I, I missed the mid-school, really, but yeah, um, old school, new school. And then we're here with Mr. Ross Cullen, who is actually currently on the uh, British national team. For those that don't know, is the European champion, world finalist, right, Ross? Yeah. Crashed in the main. Yeah, yeah. I was having a good run all day, and then uh, yeah, it's been a maxi little slip in the turn. Still good making the main. You are two times world champion as well, right? Yeah. So what years did you win? Uh, 2012 on home soil, and then in Birmingham, and then in 2015 in Zolder as well. Cool. Good stuff. Good stuff. We'll get back to all that stuff. First of all, uh, Julian, maybe explain to the ones that don't know uh, what is Zell Tours and what you guys are doing here and who's here. So Zell Tours is um, Marco Della Sola's baby, um, Marco, world traveller, racer, <laughs> stay strong brand manager, add anything else to that list. Um, put together this trip, um, it was the 2019 Cali road trip, Cali dream trip. Um, so nine days, there's 28 guys over here, three vans. And uh, yeah, we've been touring from Anaheim. We've been all over the place. We started the week in. Geez, where did we start? I can't even remember now. Bellflower. Bellflower. Yeah, yep. we went to Bellflower. Um, saw Afro Bob, and then uh, we've worked around. We've been to trails. We've been to Sheep Hills. Lived the dream. Um, caught up with crop bags on Huntington Beach, at Wahoos. Um, then we've moved all over Anaheim, all over that area, and then we're currently now moving down to San Diego. Now, we've, um, yesterday we went to the pump track. The pump track with Dale. That was fun. Um, then we went to Claremont Skate Park. Rode the big boxes. Rode the half pipe. Rode the street section. How was the skate across course? I see some videos of you guys. Man, it's crazy. Eight meters. Well, probably for Ross it was all right, but for an old man like me rolling down an eight meter ramp, that was pretty fucking crazy. <laughs> right, right. Did everybody get round? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got round okay. There's a few rimmers, few bowleggers, couple yeah. of one footers. You know how it goes. <laughs> you know, they just had their. Um, that's where part of that YMCA yeah, where yeah, I do yeah. my camps and stuff so that's one of the, the main places there well, quick shout out to the guys there because I said I was only going to ride for half hour because I was really scared Right. he gave me a wristband I signed the waiver and he didn't charge me so yeah big shout out to those guys right but uh, they just had their big event I don't know if they told you about it on the, uh, the weekend they have a, um, a big skate event and all the Tony Hawk and everybody comes Andy McDonald's heavily involved in all that long weekend yeah Yeah. <laughs> it was actually the Saturday so it was, it was obviously you can't just cram it all in but it was the same time as was over at Bellflower. So, and this is your first trip to California? First trip to Cali. Been to Florida one time. Uh, rode the Worlds in 2017 in Rock Hill and then did Florida again. Um, but yeah, first time on the West Coast. Did you do the 87 Worlds? No, I missed that. My sister qualified and I didn't. Oh, so you didn't know that one. <laughs> so we didn't do that one. How about you, Ross? Is this your first trip yeah, to the yeah. US? No, no, no. First time in Cali. Um, I've been to the US a few times. Similar Miami, Florida. Um, and obviously the Worlds in 2017. But never... Never in uh, sunny California. And what's your experience? So you've been here about a week now with all these cell tours, old school guys. You know, tracks a little bit different probably to what you used to. But what what's your uh, thoughts on the California BMX uh, vibe? You know. Yeah. So the tracks, and obviously I'd never rode trails before I came out here. Sheeples. Which is amazing that two times world champion never rode trails. Yeah, Sheeples was like rarely on flat pedals. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I think this was like the first time, except for him, a little pump track. I'd I'd rode like flats on a track in coming up to two three years right um and and i've felt really good on the bike since i've been out here um 
because the tracks are some of them are quite a lot smaller here, smaller hills, but super fun. Yeah, and crammed with triples and lines, and uh, I'm really looking forward to Tula. Oh, that, yeah, that's yeah, a, that's a big dream to ride that track. Yeah, and obviously you, you guys are going to be at Tula today, this afternoon. We're yeah. going to go over there, and then you guys are there again tomorrow. So you can finish off your your tour with that. So is California something you would like to come back and maybe oh, do again? Yeah, 100. percent In the next few years, I'd love to spend uh, a good month or two here racing round and uh, yeah, getting some good training. And like I say, they obviously even though he said he hasn't road trails, it's not like it's it's hard for him. You know, you guys obviously ride Supercross tracks a lot. You obviously Manchester and yeah, you know, you do the World Cup stuff. Um, how many World Cups you done so far? Um, I did last year. I did Paris and Papendal, and then this year I did Manchester, Paris and Papendal. Uh, yeah. Missing these two, and then hopefully all being well next year. Hopefully to be on the full, full, full circuit. first yeah. year elite next year, so you'll yeah. be on the full full schedule. Yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Julian, what else uh, on the tour so far then? Uh, do you want to name drop some of the other guys that we might know? Oh, who we got? Um, Gunner, um, Ian Gunner from, uh, well, what's Ian, Ian done? He was a DC brand manager over in the UK for a time. Um, who else is here? Uh, Martin Ogden, um, Four Cross, downhill, mountain bike, sticker deal legend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh who do anybody who remembers Phil Charney from way back? Um, runs dirt works, builds tracks in the UK. Phil's actually probably got the biggest BMX magazine collection as we know of in England. I think Phil's got every every magazine from. I've got a lot. Probably, yeah, probably every yeah. magazine ever. Yeah, I've got a lot, and I think Phil's got even more than me. I think in the UK, Phil's probably done the most races of anyone still racing. He started racing in probably 1923, right. and. <laughs> I think he's raced non-stop for like 35, 40 years. So yeah, he's pretty legit. And he was one of the original pros way back with um, Andy Ruffin and Tim March and those guys. So yeah, it's um, and then like we've got the younger guys like Ross. We've got some current guys coming through. We've got my son Sid Allen here, um, who's just turned 16, having his first um, time in, his, in, his, in the West Coast. We've got Cement Lorry just turned up. <laughs> um, and then we've got some other young guys like Chad Hartwell who uh, got World 3 in the 16s he's a stay strong guy right he's yeah. a stay strong guy yeah, yeah. Um, he's one of the GB younger guys on the academy um, massive future ahead of him if things go well he's going to be chasing Ross in a couple of years um, Scott got Scott, Scott Waterhouse yeah, yeah world champ in uh, Baku yeah. and uh, WA in Zolder in the Masters so yeah, it's a real big cross-section of old-school guys, world champs, world finalists, British Academy guys, and yeah, just having a good time. Who are the summer guys you've had? Obviously, you met Afro Bob, you know, Robert DeWild, who yeah. runs Bellflower. Who else? You obviously, uh, Robbie Miranda. Yeah, Robbie Miranda. Um, yeah, we, when we rode sheep, Robbie came out and uh, threw down some lines. It was like watching Sprung 3 from <laughs> 99 in... In, in in live, you know, and then Robbie invited us back to his house for a barbecue and a splash in the pool. So, yeah, it's just been a crazy trip. Um, Afro Bob, who else did we catch up with? I'll oh, check my Instagram, I've got so much stuff on there, it's been absolutely awesome. Yeah, it's good to see like you guys are having a good time, it's good to get out and do something different, you know. So, yeah, you know, especially with... mixing up tracks and trails, you know. I, I, I like to ride BMX, and if it's got two wheels and we can ride a BMX on it, you know, it's been crazy. It's, yeah, just living the dream. So, Ross, tell us a little bit about your history then. Like, say, what he said, you're a two-time world champion. You're the current European champion and junior. How did you get into BMX? How did you find it and uh, progress through the, you know, your, your career so far? So, I think um, it was a Christmas just before I was seven. Um, and the track, Crescent Pirates, not far from where I used to live, 
um, we were just passing it one day on, on actually a, like a park and ride bus of town. Yeah. And then um, I thought, yeah, yeah, I'll give it a go. Um, got my first red line for Christmas, a little mini. And then it kind of kicked off with them really doing club races um, with the help of Ian Brooks for the club before I had a team. He was like, he did everything for me, helped me out, um, told me where to get all the gear and the kit. Is he like the track coach, is he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember Sean Carvert was heavily um, involved back then as well, absolute legend. But um, yeah, and it kind of kicked off from them really, and it's uh, it just seems to have gone in a flash. You must have progressed pretty quick then, obviously being world champion pretty yeah. young. Yeah, yeah. It was it was kind of from the get go. There was me, myself, and then um, a fellow rider, Finn Hall, that was my age. And for like the younger years, Finn used to beat me all the time. Every national lead win, I was second. And then um, obviously in the later years, the table started to turn, and Finn still rides now, but um, not competitively. Um, but yeah, and then kind of success came quite quickly. It was it was quite a shock in Birmingham. Um, but yeah, as I said, it's kind of kicked off from then. Still loving it, probably more than I used to, and uh, trying to get to the top of the food chain. Yeah, and obviously you b- obviously battle them with Ryan Martin, right? Who's yeah. a, so he's a year below you. Yeah. So, so you guys have joined together this year in junior. Yeah. So that was the first time we'd ever raced. We raced in England, and when he came over, we used to race um, when he came over from New Zealand. And then now this year we've been together in junior. Um, yeah, we've, we've had some good training over winter, and then we had a good season. Um, yeah, we had a real good season this year, especially the Euros, one and two. That was pretty cool. And then obviously we're both in the world's main. Yeah. So. Do you guys get on good, or are you kind yeah, of yeah, going to rivalry? Yeah, yeah, no, no, we get, we get on real good. Um, yeah. We got on real good. We did a lot of training throughout winter, and as I said, he was stopping at mine, training at Manchester. Yeah, we, we get on pretty well. I think between them two, they've got a lot, a lot of titles already, haven't they, oh, these two crazy. guys? Yeah. You know, I've known Ross, I think I first met you in 08. When you yeah. was what eight years old, oh, something like that, man. and uh, that was on a road trip too. I was on a road trip up to Preston that that week, yeah. and um, got to know your dad. And I've known Ian as well for a while because Ian Brooks, Ross's first coach at Preston, his boys both made roast my son. Oh, okay. So I've known all those all those lads, and to see the lads coming through all those years, you know, from being top level regional riders and then national riders and now world champions and on the British squad. It's been a hell of a journey to watch the lads and also see them grow as a squad. You know, they're not just a bunch of dudes who kind of know each other and have been thrown together. Looking from the outside in, you can see a little squad forming, which I think that's really important, I think, for you guys to have that team spirit. Yeah. So you're not just hanging out with a bunch of dudes that you have to hang out with. You're actually hanging out with and racing and progressing with your friends too. I think that's really, really yeah, important. Yeah, you've got to add that little fun part to it yeah. and you just so for longevity I think the guys that yeah. do that are the ones that kind of go uh, the longest and like say even though you're, uh, you've are you been racing a long time Julian yourself you're a coach aren't you so you're heavily into the the coaching and camps and play. you're telling me your, you know, your weekly, weekly schedule some of the stuff you do so maybe yeah. uh, tell some um, of the listeners about so I've been racing a long time and um to maybe start with some of the guys you raced with then. Obviously, you come so, from a legendary UK Born in 1974. Right. Um, so, yeah, came through with Dylan Clayton. Um, so, yeah, if you, wanted to ra- if you wanted to get fast, you had to chase Dylan every single week. And then, obviously, Nick Lacey appeared, um, was two foot taller than the rest of us at 13 years old, and uh, gave Dylan something to chase around with. Uh, give a shout-out to Dirty Flav, obviously. Um, anybody who's into running might remember you and um, Thomas. You and Thomas. That Ewan was our age too, and obviously went on to win Olympic medals in um, 
the 400 track sprint. And TV personality, isn't and he? And TV still, personality. Yeah, yeah, still, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, breaking it in. Good guy. Yeah. Um, fair play to the man. He made a great career for himself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then, obviously, above us was Jamie Staff, um, Pickstone. Pickstone, yeah. Joe Eastwood. Saw Joe, actually, a few weeks ago. Uh, he won the. He got number two behind Shelby James in the 87 Worlds. Three years in a row, number two. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah, so that was my race class. Um, so yeah, I, I, I raced till from '84 till '92, and then the '90s happened and the rave scene kicked in, so I disappeared for a little while. <laughs> a little um, smiley faces for a few years. Went off and had a good time, reached for the sky, <laughs> um, and then so got back into racing again in '99 when bike across, four cross kind of came around. I had a cross country bike and that, that was dull. I think so, I saw you at Chessfield. What you was with John Stockhall, right? You right. guys were getting back into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apache racing. Me and John used yeah. to have a team together and uh, travel around do some four cross races um, then I had kids in 02 my first son Sid came along and um, got back into BMX somehow um, I was racing I was riding some trails on dirt jumps on a mountain bike and some guy had a BMX so I had to go through the trails on a BMX and realised I could still ride it yeah. so then got another one and went and raced it realised I was really unfit <laughs> but um, so plodded around through the noughties and then 07 Oh, 05 it was it was the 35th anniversary at Bournemouth BMX Club that was the old school thing the old school where all the pros came old yeah. school weekend uh, had a night out with Andy Ruffle and Craig Schofield who was 85 superclass champ yeah um, so yeah did that Billy Stupple Billy Blue Hat he's out there um, yeah so we did that and that kind of inspired me to get back into racing through the old school scene 07 I did the Brits at Burnham, and we had an old school race, a charity race, to raise some money for Stephen, Stephen Murray through Stay Strong. Right. Um, and I realised that I was way ahead of the old school scene, so I decided to then the next year make sure I qualified for the legit British champs to make the main, that was my then goal for that year, to make the main at the 08 British champs. And I did that, and it's Laurie's keen, isn't he? I know. Um, there we go, it's gone, finally. So, yeah, the 08 season was like my first national season back after the best part of 15-odd years away. And uh, I got number six that year and eight new pins in my wrist from a broken wrist. So it was an up-and-down kind of year, a high-low kind of year, we could call it. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 08 was my first year back and I've raced every year since. Um, only been at the top eight a couple of years. And... Um, yeah, it's been a hell of a ride, yeah. Yeah, so as I mean, obviously, we're, we're a lot of it, I obviously pay attention. It seems like the UK scene's really, to be honest, it looks better than the American scene, watching the nationals and stuff, to, you know, that seems like there's a good vibe. Obviously, the tracks, you know, we can get a bit more into that. I mean, it, we'll read it and see it, but it's definitely the tracks are more technical in England and in Europe, right? The difference in the scenes that I've seen, you know, going back to the original question, which I kind of lost the thread of, which was about coaching. Right. Um, so, yeah, that was my racing, and then... I started coaching in in oh in oh eight oh nine. Kind of got back into the scene, and then the the whole coaching thing was growing in the UK. The squad was coming through. Obviously, the Olympics had just been. We've been through that first cycle. Yeah, and it it seemed to be the sport was growing. Preston were, were big on that. Ian was one yeah. of the first coaches with CK Flash too, um, and then like I say, John Stockwell, myself, and a few other guys. John's still a coach, right? Yeah, John. John's um, kind of moved away from the BMX scene now. He's actually my sister's boyfriend too. Oh, is he? I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And John works a lot more with uh, the mountain bike scene. He was doing the Olympic, you know, the 2012 Olympic track. Mm-hmm. When it, the, Obviously, after the Olympics, yep. they tamed it down and then it became a normal track. But he was a coach there, right? Yeah, well, uh, me and John both worked there. We were, okay. It's, it's yeah. run by uh, Lee Valley Velo Park now. Yeah, yeah the, the, the track now, it got scaled down, so the Olympic Supercross track's not there. Um, but, yeah, they, they um, run school stuff and... Um, you can hire the track and you know whatever really um, I work there too I do BMX and mountain biking and we also do track coaching too the velodrome so kind of keep things diverse um, so yeah I worked as a coach and had a full time job um, up until 2014 and then got made redundant for my full time job working in an office which was kind of a blessing in disguise so I decided to take the gamble and uh, set up my own coaching business Accelerate Bike School and um, what's Instagram? at Accelerate Bike School, that's XLR8 Bike School. Um, yeah, so we, and then, so my, my goals really is to take riders of any ability and head them towards the podium. I've, I've worked with kids in schools from four or five years old. Um, I run clinics, tracks, so um, Breakthrough BMX Club's my home track. Um, and we've built up a program there where we've got a progressive pathway structure so we can take kids from four years old. We run an intro to BMX session, which again I, I stole from Ian Brooks at Preston. Um, and I stole some stuff from you. you actually, you sent me some <laughs> stuff when I started doing my camps, and I, I follow you on Instagram. And every day you're doing different stuff with kids and that. And I remember you gave when I said, "Hey, I'm starting to do some camps." You sent me a bunch of stuff, but you really it's, do keep it creative. It's not the yeah, same old boring you know, stuff, is it? I try, you know? and, I, try yeah. and rem- I try and remember what I liked. You know, yeah. it's, it's easy to get drawn into just being racers. You know, and being yeah. a racer dude. Why do you ride BMX? Mm. Why do we ride BMX? Why, 40 years later, do I still enjoy riding a small bike with my friends? So I try and instill that yeah. in children, really. It's, you know, kids want to have, a, have fun. That's all they want to do. They, they're, small, they're small children. You can make them champions. That's easy yeah. if they want to be a champion. Mm-hmm. But they've got to enjoy that process. And I think Ross is testament to that. He loves riding his bike. You know? Do you enjoy training? And You're probably oh, getting more yeah. into the serious stuff now with a proper schedule. Yeah. And now Bloomfield's obviously, Marcus Bloomfield's your coach, right? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's uh, the full-time coach. But I think I, pref- I, I enjoy it more now, the serious stuff. Right. I, I just love riding my bike even the gym stuff the sprints everything you've got to be ready for um, it haven't you I think yeah, sometimes yeah. when you try and get people on that schedule too soon are the ones that really kids, get burnt out don't they if, kids, if it's training you know imagine like being 8 and your dad's out shouting at you to do sprints what's that it's not fun no you know do you want to do a jump well yeah make the kid do a jump he's going to sprint at the jump yeah, let's not yeah. call it sprints let's call it go jumping yeah. the kids want to enjoy themselves you know rush yeah. running down the road in clip pedals and all that crazy stuff but you're in the you're at the age now where you like you you enjoy your day and you feel good oh, at, you yeah. know, when you've done yeah. a hard day's training yeah, and, and stuff I'm looking forward to it be kind of more full time yeah. as, um, as the months move on but yeah I think a, a lot of people now start gym quite early you yeah. see kids in the gym at 12, 13 doing like 100 kilo squats yeah. I didn't um, I did like strength and conditioning work till I was about 15, 16 yeah. and then that's when I actually jumped in the gym I was quite late actually to go in the gym for my age um, but I think it's paid off it's not like I was weak for one of the week riders in junior um, I think you've just got to kind of bide your time and focus on yeah. so you, a good saying that I heard a few times was you can always build an engine you need to get your skills right in the first years of racing because they're way harder to nature at the end exactly so yeah, very true, skills yeah. Are there, yeah. build your engine you've got years on years for that later yeah and obviously I've been watching him this week especially at the track he's, he's obviously got the size which is a huge advantage but like yeah. I say I can tell the form and stuff's already 
already there, so you can only get faster now, can you? you know? There's no point <laughs> teaching a kid to go fast right. if they're going to break when they get to a jump. Yeah, you know, yeah. If, if, they, if they, you know, just think, you know, let's use Dylan as an example. Dylan was arguably one of the best natural bike handlers ever in yeah, the UK. I'd say yeah, yeah, in the, the world, world but, yeah. You know, Christoph might be close, but um, in the modern day, Dylan could ride could ride now mm. at, in in the eighties. Whereas, with all due respect to Big Nick, don't come after me, Nick. Nick was a powerhouse, you know. He was. Six. And this is for the people that don't know. Nick Lacey was a big rival of Dylan Clayton in England. Nineteen ninety world champ. Yeah, Dylan won nineteen ninety one. Okay, so uh, Lacey won first. Okay, yeah. so yeah, he, uh, basically Nick Lacey was um, double British champion. Yeah. Double European champion because yeah. he won it on my bike. He borrowed my yeah. bike. And then he, he won the world championships as well on MCS. And then in, within a year, he turned superclass and quit. But anyway, Dylan and, and Nick had, had a huge rivalry. And I always, um, you know, if you listen to this, I always thought, and you would probably know as well, I think Nick Lacey was one of very mentally strong. Yeah. And, uh, you know, which he used that to his advantage. Nick, Nick yeah. wanted to beat you. And if he was going to beat you, he'd tell you he was yeah, going to yeah. beat you. It depends. He's yeah. not going to beat you today. Right. And uh, the, the thing that always gets me in 1988 British Championships, the only one I ever won on Cruiser, by the way. Right. I know Cruiser doesn't always count. Yeah. Still oh, posted every year, though. I see. I'm, it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. calling it. I lived off the back of that for 32 right. years. Nearly. Um, it's all I've got. Um, you know, uh, Nick was going to be was going to beat me that day, but I had a my mentor that day was a guy called Alex Scott from um, Brandon Flinttown Flyers, old who was, cruiser guy, old cruiser yeah, guy, who was yeah. British champ himself several yeah. times, and he told me that morning that I was going to win. Right, and I believed him, mm. and I won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. I took Nick out in the semi <laughs> in the first turn, but you know I wanted to win that day, and Nick had told me he was going to beat me, and I knew he wasn't going to beat me. Right. So yeah, Nick was big, he yeah. was powerful, and he was really mentally strong. And then the difference was Dylan was Dylan was shorter than me at the time, you know, and I'm not a big guy, um, but Dylan could ride the bike, and he maybe where he lacked the gate as soon as the gate dropped and there was a jump in the way, not that we had many. Right. Dylan was gone, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. But yeah, it was a hell and of you a, work with Dylan a little bit now in the coaching, right? Sure, yeah. Yeah, Dylan, yeah. Dylan runs the development program. Um, just under and the, Ross just told me he's been riding with him right last couple of weeks yeah, yeah when, yeah. when uh, Marcus has been away Dylan's covered a few sessions but Dylan was kind of my after Ian Dylan was my coach we had like a little squad from um, the north should we give a shout out to Hard Knocks yeah definitely Hard Knocks that <laughs> that's was, Dylan's, uh, Dylan's yeah. right company yeah yeah still, still going now yeah, yeah, but yeah. The, the team as well is going now he's got a team in the UK yeah and some really good riders on it um, but yeah he was kind of my first ever serious coach back then um, and I probably should thank Dylan for yeah. back in them years, the early like the early British champs and all that. Dylan was kind of Dylan and Ian. That's cool. Were the ones, uh, the, the ones that helped me get there. But yeah, Dylan, I was chatting to him in the sessions the other day, and he has got some interesting points. And um, he's he's kind of for me, he's an unsung hero. He's, he's yeah. even though he's very recognised, he's very mellow and yeah. humble into yeah. Yeah, and I know um, he works hard for what he gets, but he does give a back, give a lot back into the sport. Yeah, yeah. and it seems like there's a good vibe now in England, then, isn't it? It's always it seems yeah. a lot of tension for many years. It seems like now with this new oh, new yeah. breed, it seems like uh, the right people are getting the right place, well, right? The, 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 the structure of the program really in the UK right now, you've got um, this. We can work from the top down, so you've got the podium squad with um, Trey, Kyle, Kai. We mustn't miss anybody out. Quillen. Paddy, Paddy. Paddy. Well, yeah. So there's your five. There's your five boys, and Beth Shriver's back on the program now with the girls. And then below them, you've got you, the academy squad. Is that what you call you yeah, guys? Yeah, so it's, that's like the junior academy. So yeah. that's like myself, um, Ryan, Chad. This is going off last year's yeah. new intake. So it was like myself, Ryan, Chad, 
And then you had the likes of Lauren Anion, um, Ellie Featherstone, I know she's in Aegon now with Liam. Yeah. Um, Imogen Hill and all them guys. And so then, you guys, you're like the 16 to 18 year old, the junior squad. Yeah. So there's the two recognised squads. And then below that is Dylan's um, area, which is the development pathway. So we're working, the way it works really, you've got Dylan is the kind of manager centrally with British Cycling. He's funded, he's paid, he's full time yeah. um, working with British Cycling. And then around the, you've got the, the country split up into five, six regions. And then within those regions, you've got guys like me who are running what we call the development pathway. Right. So we have development centre coaching um, where I'm getting guys from, I'm East Anglia, so that's the little bit that sticks out on the edge of um, <laughs> England town and the East Coast, if anybody's not sure where that is. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm working with kids from around 13, 14. Um, we've got some exceptional 11 and 12 year olds. Um, shout out to Freya Chalice, the uh, oh, 11 year old female world champion. That's one you sent me the Instagram. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've yeah. worked with Freya since she was six, and um, she was one of them kids. You, you don't, they don't often turn up at the track, and you know you've got something special. But the day she arrived, apart from being gap toothed and ginger, she was she was always <laughs> going to be fast and. Um, We've worked with her, with me and my coaching partner at Braintree, Gavin Stokes. Um, we've worked with her, you know, but when you say work with her, it's not just her on her own and as an individual. She's one of a big squad of riders from the club. Yeah, but yeah keeping it with the regional stuff. Um, so we're, 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 we're working with these riders. D developing skills is the primary key. Um, just to upskill these riders so that they're natural on the bike and they enjoy riding the bike and then like Ross was saying about developing the strength and conditioning coaching strength and conditioning training nutrition just covering all those bases but starting at a young age and still trying to keep it fun yeah. so that these riders are developing into, into races but starting off as bike riders and I think I take them, that phrase bike riders right. from Dylan <laughs> right. because and bike is that races, what he says all the time bike riders right, and right. bike races <laughs> right and I, I like that because yeah it's true though yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, you don't have to just be BMX and I don't I don't want to undermine BMX but how many of these kids are going to become Olympians oh, I don't yeah. know who knows mm. hopefully all of them one day but it's mm. never going to happen but that's the BMX pathway you know, they might become mountain bikers. They might become track cyclists. I know there's a few guys. Um, Niall Monks has gone to track. Well, Niall's gone yeah. over, but um, the girl from Peckham, right? And she, she's yeah, a great track Blaine, girl. Blaine, yeah. Blaine yeah, Davis. Yeah. She's gone on, and she she's had some success. You know, Shanae's did too. Ryan went. Ryan Hutchinson. He went. Emma Jeffers again. Is she your club? No, she was mid lengths. She's yeah, mid -lengths. She, she does a bit of like she just Emma track, Jeffers road, currently. Well, so you've got the RSR, which is after the development pathway coaching. You've got the regional school of racing. Yeah, and that they run across all disciplines in the UK, and that's for kids from thirteen to sixteen. And Emma is currently on the, I believe, road track cyclocross, mountain bike, and BMX oh, wow. RSRs. So across all four or five disciplines, yeah, yeah. at some point she's going to be a professional cyclist yes. in her chosen field, yeah. or two or three of them. You right. know? And I think those opportunities are there for everybody in the UK if they want it. Yeah. And it's going back to that phrase, bike riders. Yeah. Well, I, I hear a lot of people, and I'm sure I've said it at some point over the years, well, I, like, you know, where they always say, well, you start with BMX, which, which you do, and then you go off and do something else. And everyone's like, well, you need to keep them in BMX. You can't force people to do BMX. If they can find a better path or more fun doing something else, then 
let them do it. You There's know, more power to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we don't we don't need hundreds of thousands of fifty year old guys like me <laughs> doing BMX. But if we've got loads of kids from four to yeah. eighteen yeah. having a great time and not playing football yeah. or soccer for you American guys. Right. Um, <laughs> no offense to any footballists, but it's not real, is it? Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the the more kids we can get on bikes and yeah. having a good time and just make us. It was fun, didn't it? BMX yeah. was fun. That's why we did it. Yeah. Well, let's, make more kids come and do it not yes. make them but let's, let's show them that it's yeah, fun yeah. I, I can give an example last week well not last week I feel like I've been here a thousand years but you know at our track at Braintree um, two weeks ago we run our so we run our pathway we have what we call our advanced session which is national riders and we have a mix of riders across a broad, a broad range of age groups and we run sessions for up to 20-30 guys on, a, on every Saturday from 9 till 11 and those guys are experienced racers, four or five years minimum under their belt, racing national level, and we're just pushing them to develop stronger racers. And then we, after that session, we then run our core session, which is club racing, regional level racing guys, um, and that's about developing racers. So coming from being a bike rider to developing and becoming a racer, understanding race techniques, race skills, working on gates, and building building those skills and then below that we run a fundamental session and the emphasis on fun mm-hmm. and that's from four till whenever they're ready to do stuff and that is just developing bike handling you know we, we take the kids who turn up some of them can't ride a bike look, teach them to stand up and pedal teach them to lift the front wheel um, stand and balance on the pedals on the gate and you know our very strict rule we have too is the fundamentals and the core development um, sessions is no clip pedals we, I don't care how old you are and what's the rule in England for racing for a clip? 13 and over. 13 anyway. and over, okay. And, uh, and I think that's about right. I'm, I'd, I'd say ban clips completely, but I know that's outdated, you know, and it's yeah, not yeah. going to happen. It's not happen no. no, it's never going to happen. So there's no point keep banging that drum. I will bang it, but I, there's no point, but I'm old. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I think if you can't manual, a flat manual for five to ten metres, if you can't jump uh, a fair-sized double jump, um, you can't bunny hop, um, you can't balance on the gate without someone holding your wheel. Why have you got clip pedals on? Yeah. Clip pedals are designed to make you go faster. If you can't do the jump in front of you, why do you want to go faster at it? Yeah, it's not yeah. going to help. Right. So <laughs> learn to do the skills and then put clip pedals on and then go faster. Like Ross said, building the engine. And you, you need to be fit in BMX. You need to be fit in any sport. Yeah, morning, mate. Um, <laughs> you know... Oh, we've got double man. lorries now. Yeah, we've got yeah. the trash man coming back. <laughs> it's like being back home. I was a trash man once. <laughs> Worked for the council. Bin man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My old man's dustman and all that. It was a song one, they back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, and that's that's my philosophy, is just to, to develop people to enjoy riding their bikes and then... Once they enjoy riding their bikes, they can become a racer. Yeah. And then once they enjoy racing, then they can take it wherever they want. If yeah. they stay in BMX, you know, if they can... The, the more riders we have riding, the bigger that foundation, the bigger that grassroots, the more Ross Cullens we get. Yeah. You know, and not all of them are going to become a Ross Cullen, Freya Chalice, Dale Holmes, Dylan Clayton. We're not all going to become those riders, but... The more of them we get, we'll get more. So yeah. even after, you know, obviously there's a, there's, a, there's a bunch coming through now, like Ross is kind of aged, even behind him then, there's already already kids coming oh, up yeah, ready, yeah, you think, yeah, then, yeah. You know, I, I think Ross now, above Ross, your, your Kai, your Kyle, um, those guys 
and then obviously above them was Liam. Liam and Sinead were kind of like your, your, your first phase Olympians. Yeah. And they, it was almost like a, they were, I suppose they were the guinea pigs, they were the experiment, I suppose. Because, right. you know, there, there wasn't coaching in BMX. You look at football, soccer, they've been coaching and team structure and all of that for 50, 60, 70, 100 years. BMX is only 40 years old and yeah. coaching an actual, you know, when we were kids, what did your dad do? Shouted pedal. Yeah, yeah, pedal. You know, yeah, that was yeah, it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so that was coaching from the 80s. Right. Pedal, pedal more. You didn't pedal in the berm. Put your elbows out, smash right. him. Yeah. That, that, that was it, you know. And then in the 90s, it became a little more. There was guys like Bob Field at um, yeah, crew. Yeah, crew, yeah. And yeah. The, again, that was shouting pedal in an advanced way. Yeah. But and that was training. But now with the tracks, we need to develop the coaching and the skills. So, and you guys have coaching. I, I read it. You guys have seminars and, and, yeah. and coaching weekends for, for the coaches, right? Yeah, you know, um, but, you know. So coming from um, Liam and then going through Grant White and then below Grant, we had Jeremy Hayes. He, he, he he's not involved at all anymore. Jeremy he? works for the island. He's worked yeah. for okay, yeah, the yeah, island yeah, guys yeah. now. Yeah, he, he doesn't yeah. work with BC anymore. Um, so yeah, Jez Hayes started to develop them. You know, we've got a handbook coming from British Cycling of the sort of, and it breaks down the skills and it's it's you know bullet pointed of Hamilton Manual right. where to put the body position. So I can now train young guys to become coaches. I've got two assistant coaches, yeah. um, Taylor Andrews and Josh Butson of Braintree, um, both seventeen twenty four riders, both good national national level riders. Josh is two time uh, UK number four, which may not sound a big title but our 1724 class is oh, huge um, so yeah you know and we're now developing those guys as mentors and role models in the club structure to become coaches um, and I know you do mentoring still at Preston yeah. don't you um, so For the yeah, younger kids yeah I, the kind of well, we we talked with Ian so it started off in 2015-16 uh, and it was a session run by Ian, yeah. Because um, obviously he's a coach, and then there was the likes of his two sons, Alex and Ryan Brooks, myself, um, guys from the club, you and Hunt Finhall, just kids that were riding then. And um, the way I looked at it was all over the years, everything that goes unnoticed that the club has given me, I was just looking to give something back. Oh, so cool, yeah. To kind of build the sport, and then I know in the uh, this winter you have to do like your coaching badges in England. Right. So I've got them booked in for winter, so I'm looking to do like more clinics and that next oh, year. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, just... and what I liked about Ross Julian, when, when I was talking to him the other day at the track, he was telling me he's got a part-time job, mm-hmm. and you know, we talked a little bit, he talked about sponsorship and, and loyalty, and he's very, very ahead of, his age, I thought. He's, what Ross yeah. has got, everything Ross has got, he's worked for. Like yeah. I say, I've known him over 10 years now, and he's a painter and decorator. Right. He's 18 years old, he's yeah. got his own little business, and yeah. he'll come and paint your house and take some money <laughs> right. to fund himself. <laughs> yes. He's not out, I love there. That though. He's so not great, out yeah. there with a GoFundMe page. No, you know, he's, no. he, I, I know his mum and dad and... They're not, you know, you're not super rich. You're not being, no, you know, no, you're, no, no. you're just... Well, it's like, it's not the opposite. As my dad always says, it's not. It's kind of, if he gave me everything now, then what would I do? Do you know what I mean? Would I have to do it myself? So it, it kind of works out. My dad, obviously, they've done, in the, the past years, they've done absolutely everything. For them. They've travelled me around the world. They've done everything. Um, but, yeah, even now, it's time for me to start giving back to them a bit. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I know that the, the level of support he's had from his mum and dad is second to none. You know, they've taken him to races, driven around the world. Um, you know, his dad, we were talking about this last night, actually, his dad and Finn Hall's dad, 
where two guys, you know, they'd be oh. drilling seats right. to take grams off and <laughs> drilling right. them. All, that, all our dads have done that oh, one, yeah, mate, yeah, yeah. down number plates yeah. just to see. Chain this. rings, yeah, chain yeah, double, rings. Yeah, double right. hole in the chain <laughs> ring just to take another gram off, you know. Right. And that, that level of support is second to none. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to actually earning the money and, you know, making it count, Ross is doing it himself, yeah. you know. And I think there's, there's a lot to be learned from that. Absolutely. As yeah. an adult and a life skill. Life's not free, no. and if you've got, to, you've got to, you know, we go out and work for it. Mm. You know, I can't believe the trash lorries come back just to make more noise. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. Um, yeah, so you know, I, I think there's a lot to be said for that, you know, and I think a lot, yes. of, a lot of the current copper races, and I think, and you know, you can look at this in the UK, and it's a big thing for me. The the club structure in the UK is so 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 important mm-hmm. and I've noticed that's one of the big differences between the UK and the US you know you've got track operators out here so the tracks run as a commercial business um, you turn up you pay your five six ten dollars whatever for a few gates and whatever um, and we do similar in the UK but ours are run by clubs I'm a volunteer you know I run my own business but I also put I dread to think how many hours a week into making sure the club's got that club structure. Yeah. Um, and it's not just me, you know, there's a group of, we've got a committee of 10 people, so who are dealing with the financial side of things, um, dealing with running the business, running first aid, organizing events, making sure we've got club shirts, like a soccer team and mm-hmm. all that type of thing. And it, 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 it then helps the kids feel part of something, part yes. of a big team. Yeah. The thing that's changing right now in the UK, which I think could be detrimental to the clubs, is everybody wants to be on a team. Right, same um, here, yeah. Yeah, you know, and all these teams are giving, you get a shirt, you might get a little deal on a, on a team, but what is that doing for the industry? You know, if we're all on a deal, yeah, yeah. Who's paying full price for a frame? Nobody. Nobody's paying full price, so the industry is then actually undermining itself. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to be careful. We're a very small sport. Yeah. And in yeah. the UK, things are brilliant. You know, we've got this club structure. So there's 62 registered clubs, I think, in in the UK. Oh, wow. And it, you know, you think if every if if there's 10 volunteers running those clubs, that's six, seven hundred people across the country. Yeah. And if all of those kids, if all of those parents' kids go on a team, what happens to the club structure? Because mm. we have our, our national series is run by clubs. So we've, we've run nationals at Braintree, and I know you've done the same at Preston. Yeah. You, there's an application process, so you have to apply to run a national, yeah. and then your application is then vetted, and if you meet the criteria, you get given the race. Mm-hmm. You get given £5,000 directly from British Cycling for infrastructure, so bringing in toilets and car parking and all this stuff um, but it's run by volunteers when mm. we've run a national we have 32 individual volunteers oh, wow. put on a rotor from toilet, ladies cleaning toilets you know it's, it's, it goes to the really simple stuff Yeah. and I'm on a team I run, I, I'm a team manager I run I'm funded and supported massively by ISOM distribution so I run I run and work for the team um, Halo Wheels and then we also have brands, gusset components, um, HT components, TSG protection, um, Redfall, you know, and I'm gonna forget brands and I'm sorry, um, to, big shout out to Lloyd Townsend though, 20 odd years I've known that man and he's supported me for so long with so much stuff, it's just crazy. But 
I still put my time in as a volunteer too, and I don't want to sound like Mother Teresa or anything, you know, but it, it, it needs more of that. Yes. Um, there's nothing wrong with these teams, but what are they putting into the sport? Mm-hmm. It's quite easy to take a little bit out. And if everybody takes a little bit out but doesn't put a little bit back... It drains it, it drains it. It drains it, it drains it, and we're going to... We just need to be careful. We're in a really good place in the UK now, but let's not go too far ahead, because we were there when it all went wrong, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, 84 to 88, and then 1990, and then not by 92, the sport was dying, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. There's three, 400 riders at a national. Now we're back to 1,300 at the British Championships, and we need to keep it at that level, so... I don't, I don't want to, I'm not knocking anybody, I'm not knocking anything. I think the scene in the UK is really good. And it needs some teams too, because you get the banners and the glamour. And well, I was watching the British Championships and there were some videos in the pits and stuff, and it's things I always harp about a lot of podcasts. And it looks like a good, you got good teams, so you got like pure and stay strong, yeah. and like people with good setups and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So. And, and it needs that too, so it, it's just making sure there's balance. Yeah. Because everybody can't be on a team. And if everybody ends up on a team, you know, you've got little Johnny Dad team. Dad's got a mate who's got a di- who works at a distribution company, and he can offer everybody a frame for a hundred quid. Right. Um, well, that's six, seven, ten frames not being paid for full time. So that company's then lost money. Yeah. Are they getting it back in the level of promotion and advertising that that team's giving, or is it just ten guys getting a getting a cheap ride? You know. Yeah, no, um, I understand. Too and many, I think. Too uh, many teams. Too many think. teams. And again, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because everybody knows I run a team. So, I don't know. It's just got to be a balance. But right now, the UK's in a good place. I yeah. Think. So, yeah, the club structure, you know, the, 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 the tracks, um, our track was funded. We had lottery money to, to build the track. You know, we built the track ourselves with volunteers. I coordinated a team. We had best part of £100,000 over the last 10 years, probably more, £150,000. Um, but our track's open, there's no fence. You can come off the estate. Now that's the question, because obviously, you know, when I lived in England and, and you know you don't know yourself, 80s and 90s, you can just roll into any track any time and ride yeah. it. You can still do that to yeah. a lot of tracks yeah. now, right? Yeah, there's, yeah, there's any a, time of day. A, there's a few tracks around the UK, Birmingham, um, that's a that's a kind of private concern. Flatfields. Flatfields. That's run by Manchester Council. Um, Peckham. Um, that's um, a council thing, and again, that's run by the council. But they have organised stuff every day of the week, anyway. Right. So you can um, yeah, still Also separate to what CK does there. Right. CK is the Peckham Club, but then the council still have their bit too. With so, Jay Lewis, right? Uh, Jay Lewis works for the council, but he's also Peckham Club as well. Right. So people crossing over. Um, so yeah, but yeah, most of the tracks in the UK, you find the address, roll up, park outside, park down the street, and go and ride your bike. Yeah, you might yeah. get gates, but you can go and ride a track. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's, that's the way I always, you know, when and I And I, I think that's a real good thing for me as a track. I get on the track manager, so I'm responsible for coordinating track maintenance, keeping it in good order. And when you've got radio-controlled cars, scooters on it, kids <laughs> hanging out, and whatever, you know, it's hard to maintain a track, you know. Yeah. But, Without that, how do we get kids into the sport? They turn up on their random bike and come and ride a BMX track. Mm. That's awesome, mm. you know. But if everything becomes too structured and with a fence around it, that's just putting another barrier in the way of people getting involved. Yeah. And so I think the scene in the UK, the way it is right now, it's not perfect. By far from perfect, but nothing is. So no. it's really good. Well, though. it definitely looks good looking in. I say when I, I envy, especially I, I love the old school, and you guys, a lot of you guys are here this these two weeks but it seemed like a great 
great scene for the old guys. You guys are all hanging out, having fun, drinking beer, racing, yeah. traveling to Europe, traveling Too to the world. <laughs> and uh, it seems like a real good vibe. Something I miss a bit now with, you know, for me, I have to, it's, it's a bit hard to find that, you know, in the, in, in the U.S., um, let's change gears and finish up a little bit about um, I want to talk to Ross a little bit about uh, who were some of the guys that inspired you you know as you kind of started to pay more attention yes. with the uh, Olympics obviously 08 you was probably yeah. really young uh, when did it kind Seven. of yo, so super young yeah. yeah so when did it come on your radar and the guys and girls maybe you looked up to yeah so obviously from the get go I've always been quite motivated as a kid I looked up to um, out of everyone really out of all the big names probably Paddy and Shark and Kev Kyle Evans because they were kind of the local lads both from Wigan yeah. and not far from me and then they were obviously doing really well and then Paddy's probably like in my eyes the best bike rider in the world how he can yeah. ride a track and have fun is incredible um, so yeah I kind of used to look up to them you should see him at the track and then the likes of my, my current coach Marcus Bloomfield yeah. he was um, doing a lot in the UK scene when I was growing up and um, Elite seemed really really big back then it's scary to think that'll be me next year in a way mm-hmm. um, I remember like Lawrence Map, Chris Map, all of them big oh, so you remember that far back oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's quite a way back then down yeah. in yeah. Uh, Burnham Nationals doing big poster signs I've still got them all at home actually so right. somewhere Oh yeah, yeah. But <laughs> Lawrence was good, one too. Yeah, he was aggressive, yeah. and he, the fastest he, dustman in Luton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lawrence was Lawrence was good to be honest. And Chris still announced a little bit, didn't he? Chris has been out yeah. of the scene for a little while, but he came back and he'd done some announcing at the Brits. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he he's really passionate still. Yeah, and good he'd guy. Yeah, been yeah. away for two or three years. Right, and he came back and he was like, you know, he could. And uh, Chris could be a ma- listen to this mappy if you're listening. You could be a <laughs> massive asset to our sport. Yeah, <laughs> great personality. Yeah. Always, even at a young age, he was so funny. And, yeah, he's uh, just a good yeah. guy, you know. And he, yeah. he, he loves it and he gets it. And he's been there and he's been in the world final and he's been a European final. Yeah, Lawrence as well was yeah. uh, up there in the worlds and stuff. You know, and. Uh, it, we need these guys involved, you know, people yeah. who've been there and have got real passion for the sport. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I don't want to cut Russ off here, no, but, you not. know, um, people like the, the, the modern era of rider, they're racers, they turn up, they race, they do their racing career, they go through their elite career, and then at the end of the elite career, they disappear from the scene. And that's fair play to them if they got the, you know, moving on to whatever else. But um, we need to be, we need that history of riders and the, the, the experience yeah. to then develop and, Keep keep the future coming. You know, it, it, it needs it needs people to, who who have been there and done it that then can give back to the sport. Which again, Dylan Clayton, you know, yeah, well, it seems like you got a good balance of that with like settle yourself and a yeah. lot of those guys still still involved. Oh yeah, you know, it's, it's, and it's I see Shanae's is involved again, right? She's coaching girls. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not sure on what level um, what Shanae's is really doing. I don't really know the, the the full deal. What I do know is. Obviously, Beth was away from the program for a couple of years as our only elite rider, or our only female elite rider, because um, the, the the female program wasn't fully funded. There was still a program there available, but it wasn't fully funded, and Beth chose to go and do her own thing. Um, and then she then has been invited back to the program. And again, I don't know the funding deal. I'm not going to get into that. But I know that Shanae's has been supporting her, yeah. and Shanae's was there as a coach, at uh, Zolder, yeah. and I believe she's doing some more stuff around around the the Supercross races. So yeah, she's um, and again, good name to have it have there involved. You know, Liam's yeah. over there in the UCI, mm-hmm. and um, from what I can see, again, I, I haven't been there, but from what I can see from the outside looking in, he's got a really good program. Yeah. One of the juniors, um, Ellie Featherstone from the UK, she's just stepped over to um, goes to, she's 16 years old, gone to live in Switzerland. Um, and that's a big step. Now, do they have to fund that themselves, or do they kind of get grants and stuff? 
I don't know yeah. for sure. Right. <laughs> I could say some things, but I'm not, right. without getting real facts, I'm not going to say. It. But yeah, so what I do know is that she's over there full time, yeah. um, training full time, um, junior women, and uh, you can see how she's developed in six six months. Oh, yeah. She and loves it as well. Speaking oh, last week, yeah. she absolutely loves it, and I see why because. Obviously, the struck shot there, and Liam's such a good guy, and you've got the, the good track in Ego, and I think it's so cool. Just a different experience living out there. I think that has kind of, there's not much around there, so I think that kind of drill it into you and make you focus even more. Yeah. Because there's less distractions, and yeah, I think it's another it's another good way to go. Like, me on the program, it, it's just another option. Yeah, it's good just to go spend some time, do something different, you know? I think, you know, you move around. a bit like what we were saying about Ross, like, you know, self-funded, got a job. Yeah. Um, you know, Ellie taking the ball by the horns, that there wasn't necessarily... And again, this isn't a dig at British cycling. I've got a, I haven't got a lot of love for British cycling, but I do believe that they are genuinely there to develop high-end races. Yeah. There's a lot of politics around everything when it comes to a governing body, but um, they want to develop Olympic gold medalists. Yeah. That's what they do. Look at Chris Hoy. Look at the track. You know. Look at Jamie. Look what they did did at that, and they want that for for BMX. And we don't necessarily fit their mould, but. It doesn't matter. And at least, like, it's good though. You got you got you know, like yourself and like say Dylan and, and Blue Peel guys that probably know how to put that yeah. experience and fun into that high end, and that's why you guys have probably got a real good thing right but now. But it isn't the only yeah. way, is it? Right. Ellie's Ellie's Ellie saw that there wasn't a funded program for her in the UK, so she went and found a different. So she's path. gone and found a different oh, pathway. Credit she's, to her, yeah, and yeah. She's gone out of yeah. the way. And again, you know, wasn't well, the Beal end all? Is it? I don't think the program yeah. in the UK, even though obviously it's brilliant to be on, you can find another yeah, way. Yeah, you know? I don't think yeah. it's the, the Beal end all at all. But a lot of people like jump to conclusions in England a hell of a lot. Like, say that news will come out from uh, British Cycling or just hearsay. I think a lot of people, because I know British Cycling, I absolutely love it, but I know some people don't in the UK. And I think there's a lot of, when something happens, not the right information gets out and then word gets out and it, it just gets changed. And yeah, and changed. yeah. That's one thing British cycling don't do well, is communication. Right, that's important. Just, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. See, I know you see this side, yeah. but it's, it's, I don't have much to say on this topic, it's very different for me. Because mm. I ride for them and work for them, they do kind of brilliant things to me, everything yeah. they have done, and I take my hat off to them, but obviously but they, they could portray that better. You know, I, I know what's going on, yeah. or I'm quite close to Dylan and Marcus and you. But the you know, random I, guy on Facebook. But yeah, 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 exactly. You know, and regrettably, social media is the communication tool, and they should have a Facebook page telling BMX, yeah, the, yeah. the British Cycling BMX page or whatever. Well, in today's and, world, you've got to communicate with your. Uh, you know, if there's you know, a rule change, a structure yeah. change, an age class change. You know, you turn up at the races and find out that your age class was 17, 24, it's now 17 to 50 or right. something crazy. They should hire somebody just, just to, yeah, should communication. Done, you, you have know, to in business today. You can today, get a 16-year-old yeah. apprentice to do that. Yeah. You know, it's an apprentice job. But like Ross says, you know, he, and he's testament to it. Mm. He's come through from a, from the club structure yeah. as a young boy and gone through all of that, been a regional racer, has yeah. still have to yeah. do regional races, don't you, if you want to do the British Championships? Oh, I'll do, do you, the way. Yeah, there you go. I, I like to do them, they're good. Exactly. Well, it's races, fun, isn't yeah. it? You're yeah. a BMX rider. Yeah. And, like, going back to the I like if everything he's been saying this week is really uh, refreshing to hear some of the stuff he's been saying, you know. And, well, we should um, be positive, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're nearly 50 and we're getting away with riding <laughs> kids' bikes. Yeah, yeah. We, I want to make sure that when he's 50, yeah. he might not still be riding a kid's bike. But, still he's, he, but he remembers yeah, it was yeah. really good fun. Yeah. 
That's what it's supposed he to be. He might be here on his whatever cell tours he's in. Or running it. <laughs> 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 I he, when he's a multi-millionaire gold medalist, he just remembers his old right. mate. That's <laughs> Good stuff. Let's finish it off with um, who are some of your heroes then and people that you really... Uh, you know, uh, yeah, look so up to heroes in the sport. Um, Liam Phillips, Liam, big dog. I love how he was and how he um, held himself, not just on the track, off the track, all around. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, and then a bit of a funny one. I'd, when I was younger, I really used to look up to um, Usain Bolt. For some weird reason. No, I mean, why not? Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. I just loved how consistent yeah. he was back then. I yeah. think this was when I started to win. I just loved how he could kind of like he knew it. And he, he had that about him, and I think that that's a big thing for me. The mental side of racing is incredible. Um, I've learned. Well, he kept fun. I mean, even yeah. the Olympic final, he'd be laughing and joking yeah, right yeah. before the gun, yeah. you know. And it's so, how people yeah. deal with it. He yeah. obviously deals with it by, by that, but yeah, yeah. He, he was a big hero. But yeah, I think that the top dog for me in racing has got to be Liam. Right. Just because kind of when I was coming up was when he was kind of finishing his career yeah and then it'd just be like when you're riding on a session with him it, I don't know it was just something incredible just seeing how he trained and how he held himself as a person was mm-hmm. yeah yeah my hat off to him who are you looking forward to um, racing against next year then who you probably haven't raced with yet everybody absolutely everyone just yeah. get in I'll, there I loved, I loved the World Cups the, the last two years in junior um, I've absolutely loved my first one in Paris um, was kind of scary getting on the gates with the lack of Sylvan and, right. and all the other top dogs um, but yeah I'm super excited and not that I want to make a big dint because obviously it's going to be real hard going first year elite Yeah. Um, but I'm really looking forward to training a hard winter and then kind of trying to get out there and, uh, and get in the scene a bit so your long term goal is 2024? Yeah, 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 yeah as I said next year is obviously anything is possible it's, it's more looking like 2024. Yeah. You never know. Some of the people who have had a longer thing, all of a sudden it's, you know, Connor was a, a prime example, you know. It, it was uh, 16 and everyone was, ah, you know, give him a, you know, I was one of the guys, ah, it's going to take him a while. And then a year later is, you know, well, 16, he was on the podium at a World Cup, you know, in his first race. So anything's yeah. uh, possible, possible, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, yeah. I, I think that the, the opportunity that lays before Ross now is yeah. just going in, you know, first year elite in Olympic year. Yeah. And the inspirational you know just to, for him to be able to watch that and see that and have that goal right now yeah for alright it's four years away yeah but he's going to be 22 by that point right that's prime time, time. <laughs> yeah, 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 Physi- yeah. physically mentally you yeah. know, you're, yeah. you're good at 22 isn't yeah you, you know? oh, absolutely yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think and even you never know next year never say never you know well so, exactly yeah. you know, if, if someone gets injured and there's two spots who knows yeah, mate yeah. he'll be stepping onto the big podium yeah. right away yeah. well I mean and, and, and I just think it's cool he came out here they let him you know you know, you, you speak to Bloomfield and yeah, it's yeah, cool yeah. I said that it's cool that they let him come out here and he's had sure. fun he's got another experience got more you know, money in the bank with experience, and it's all going to help in the, yeah, the big scheme of things. You know, nothing to hide. You know, I spoke to Bloomy just to make sure when we spoke about doing this the other day. I texted yeah. Marcus and just, yeah. you know, I wanted to make sure that Ross wasn't going to mm. get into any trouble or that yeah. it was the wrong thing. Because yeah. again, British Cycling's got that that kind of guarded secrecy that right. you know, their riders don't can't speak in public or right. whatever. And I don't think that's actually true. I right. just, you know. It, Proof here today. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I spoke to his coach. Yeah. He, Marcus said that's cool. Yeah, yeah. There he is. He's oh, that's fair talking enough. really openly. There's nothing yeah. No, I, cool. I, I give credit to the program. The last couple of years, I've been watching it. See how it's changed in this. Yeah, there's been, um, it's, it's been a lot of good development. Vibe, you know, I watched Quillen's race a lot this year. I see him at all the nationals and stuff. So it seems like things are changing. You know, and again, like Quillen, and you know the, the way he's, he's doing some vlogs. Yeah, yeah. I watch know? all that. Yeah, he's it's really cool, natural yeah. guy. You know. Yeah. Yeah. 
not necessarily, perhaps I'm old, it's not necessarily my thing, but you know, I, I think he's doing his thing, he's yeah. putting himself out there, he's promoting his sponsors. Yeah, yeah, credit, and, yeah. You know, the, the, you could look at, look at the high end of the sport in two ways. We've got this elite BMX racer. How long is your career as an elite BMX racer? Not very long, yeah. Not very long. But how long is your career as a professional BMXer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you've been a professional since 1990. Or 88. 88, there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you've been involved at the top end of the sport mm. from the UK worldwide and now doing what you're doing over here with Harrow. For, that's a long time that's 30 odd years I can't even don't admit how old yeah. we are but you know you know. so you know one day right, that might be Ross right know, yes. let's not just yeah. focus on being elite no but yeah for him now focus on being elite yeah yeah live it breathe it you'll end up like me I now remember, I'm doing different aspects of the industry what and, Paul and said fun. in yeah. podcast the other day Roberts mm. got bags great to see you as well mate um, but you know when he said he's just got to live it sleep it breathe it right. take it all in eat it everything he wants <laughs> yeah. to get that gold medal right yes yeah, yeah. you have yeah, you yeah. have if that's what you want yeah. you've got to do it you've yeah. got to be single minded focused and everything yeah. but you can't do that forever no no you've got to choose your time <laughs> you know, look at Maris yeah. now yeah. he loved it and that was that he, Maris was that guy yeah. he lived it breathed it he wanted so much to be the gold medalist mm. and he went and done it and we you know he came and met you guys at the track of the dance and, and, and he'll you know he hasn't really rode a bike in, in a year but I I did a clinic in the UK earlier this year with Maris as well at Braintree. Right, I ran ran one of the clinics with him. Okay, I've never seen all that. Yeah, just you know, from a rider's point of view, to be with a double gold medalist at Mm. your home track in Little UK, right? Six, yeah, yeah, crazy. To then be standing next to him, coaching with Maris Mm. at your home track, coaching the riders, I coach week in week out with Maris Stromberg. Yeah. That's mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's, you know, and again, it's a true professional. I think it was saying, I was saying the other night, you know, I think he he just, and he still is, he's playing golf, he's kind yeah. of got away from BMX, but I, I said the other night, you ready to start coming to the pump track and riding again? And he didn't say yes, but he sat, <laughs> he's like, well, i got to fix my bike. So the conversation showing when I, I want him to come back and, and, so, and, and to have fun, you know, yeah. and I think he will, and then I think he'll find another niche, hopefully, within... BMX where he can obviously he's got so much to give back it would be a shame for you know him Mike Day and mm. see what Donnie it's good Donnie's doing good stuff now and yeah. them, them guys need to be involved you know sure. it's that their era now need to we can't you know we are going to be old and dead at some point so the, the, you mean we're not going to live forever yeah yeah we, we, the, you need uh, uh, and, and I think it's starting to happen which is cool you know so that's yeah. take, take control a little bit of their, their sport and industry you look at skateboarding right Everything in skateboarding yes. is run by skateboarders. Yes, and that needs to happen more in BMX. More in BMX, you know? yes. we need to have... Yes. It, we all do respect to outside sports, and again, yeah. we can learn from football, soccer, yes. and we can learn from these other sports. My my youngest son, Stan, right. he does a lot. He plays, He's done judo and rugby, and yeah. as a coach, I've learned from those other sports about coaching and Absolutely, communication. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. With judo especially, mm. discipline, mm-hmm. and having that approach to learning technique, and I think applying that technique and yes. that, that approach to coaching, yeah. but also keeping it fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because judo's not as much fun. Right. You know, so it's... It's just yeah. My my daughter's in karate, and I, I same thing. I put she's in gymnastics, she's in karate, she's in all soccer, and I like to go to the camps and the the, the stuff she does just to see how they do it. And I think you really can pick up some different every day's a school little, day. Yeah, yeah, different different tips for what I can learn for for what I do. Guys, great talking. I know we're going to go out to Chula Vista, Ross. Uh, yeah. Good talking, Julian, and um, good luck this Pretty year awesome, or man. next year. Yeah, it was cool. Hopefully, we'll do one again at some point and. 
catch up and uh, see where you're at hopefully next year After and um, season, yeah if anybody <laughs> yeah. wants to uh, look you guys up I guess Instagrams what's uh, Ross what are you on Instagram mine's just Ross Cullen with two ends and an underscore on Instagram alright and Julian you've already said one yeah yeah uh, at Jules uh, 1974 um, at Braintree BMX Club if you want to look up our club stuff at Accelerate Bike School that's my business um, yeah just want to say big thanks to, to Marco for organising this trip mm-hmm. um, been just mind blowing um, thanks to you for having us on um, thanks to my wife my family for letting me have a week away right, yeah. <laughs> having a blast and uh, yeah just been you know enjoy BMX guys it's, it doesn't last forever but it's awesome and the High Low Podcast is actually you came up with that name, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the, you're the one who came well, up with it. Well, that was your move, wasn't it? Right. You didn't always get the first straight to go. Right, right, right. Yeah. That, but that was the Dale Holmes move. So if Dale Holmes is having a podcast, it's got to be the High Low Podcast show. Right, well, thanks for giving us the name. And uh, we'll continue to use it. Cool. All right, let's go ride Chula. Cheers. Laters. Mm.